we're going to do something a little different tonight. We're going to do something a little different tonight. So what I did realize is this, y'all. I realized that it's my job not to just, like, come on, like, give information. Make myself sound like I'm the smartest person out. Well, what I do realize is that there are people in this game that don't understand how the S&P is. Don't understand how the NASDAQ is. Don't understand how the Dow Jones is. They don't understand it. And so if I'm going to truly come in and give you game, I'm going to truly come in and break this game down for you. I got to help you understand how this machine works. Remember, in the beginning of the, the, the mantra, we said the stock market is a machine that print money and I am capable of operating the machine. How are you going to operate the machine if you don't even read the directions? What's good? What's good? What's good? It's your boy, the Wall Street Trapper, and I want to welcome you to another episode of Trapping Tuesday. Y'all know, man, each and every week, man, our goal is to help you create legacy. Our goal is to help you build confidence and making investment decisions. But last but not least, our goal is to help you turn your last name to an asset. Let's go, let's go, man. I am so delighted to, you know, just have another episode to all my old trappers. Welcome home. And to all my new trappers, come sit at the table. Break bread with us. This just ain't the last supper, though. <laughs> We're going to eat for a lifetime over here, man. Let's go, man. So listen, we had some amazing things happen this week in the market. But I'm not going to lie. I don't want to really get into all of that. I want to do something kind of new this week. Not really new, but I think there's some things that are important that we truly need to touch on. Now, don't get me wrong. There's something real pivotal that I want to talk about. There's something real pivotal. A couple companies are really pivotally that I think are essential for us to talk about. But I'm going to go a little deeper this week. Like this week in Trapping Tuesdays, I want us to, to peel back a few layers. If you cool me peeling back a few layers, I need you to comment in the trap, in the chat. We trap. If you're cool with me just peeling back a few layers, because what happens is, yes, we talk about stocks. Yes, we talk about understanding what needs to be done in the market. Yes, we talk about understanding how to heal that financial trauma. But today, I want to give you a couple tools. I want to dig deep inside of the Wall Street Trapper toolbox and give you some essential tools that you can use. I need you to say, we trapped it. I need you to say that in the comments. I need you to chat it. I need you to Twitter fingers. I need you to YouTube fingers. I need you to, ah, we trapped in the comments. I need you to do that. Before we get started, man, I want you to do something right quick, man. I want you to like, subscribe, and share this. Like, I need you to share it this week, and I need you to say, hey, check this out. This week here, man, trapped doing something different, and you need to be here. Right, I need you to lay up there and take this 
and share it to every group chat that you're a part of. Because here's what I want you to understand. If you're a group chat, if you're a group chat that you're in isn't about building wealth, you need to limit some of the time that you're spending over there. Any, okay, I need you to re-evaluate. I need you to re-calculate. I need you to re-appraise your worthiness, your wealth. I need you to look at every group chat, everything you follow on Instagram. I need everybody you call, text, a whole communication with. I need you to reappraise those and see what they worth. I need you to put a value on those, on every relationship, on every group chat, on every Instagram person you follow. I need you to reappraise them. And I want you to ask yourself on a scale of one to five, how much value does this bring to my life? Because see, we do one to ten, you got too much wiggle room. If I do one to five, you know anything. From one to two, you can go away with it. From three to four, uh, four to five, ah, I need in one to two being the lowest. I need you to reevaluate. I need you to reappraise. I need you to recalculate all those relationships. Because this time right now is so essential for us. It's important when we look at bull markets, bear markets, economic winters, recessions. It's so important when we're paying attention to that. It's so important when we know where we're at. And I'm going to just keep it real. Like, we got to make the adjustments. These next one to two years are so important if you're truly serious about building wealth. It's important because right now you don't got time to be paying attention to the gossip. It's important because right now you don't got the time to be focusing on anything that isn't helping you get closer to the end result you're trying to achieve. We so cool with being entertained, it's time to be educated. You've been laughing, hee hee, ha ha, hoo hoo, long enough. You've been sharing posts that make you laugh. You've been sharing posts about drama. You've been sharing the posts about the BS. You're in every clubhouse room. You're in every, every, every shave room, ball alert. You're in all the comments. You're pinning comments. You're snapshotting comments, seeing who said this, hearing who said that. All of that's taking you off where you're trying to go at. All of that's taking you off your path to prosperity. And I need you to acknowledge that. Not only do I need you to acknowledge it, but I need you to pay attention. I need you to look at the harsh truth and tell yourself, yo, this truly isn't conducive to where I'm trying to go. It's conducive to where I've been. It's not conducive to where I'm trying to go. It's not conducive to what I'm trying to build. It's conducive to where I've been at. Because if I look at the activities that I've indulged in and I look at where I'm at now, they align. Okay, Trap. We starting off on fire today. Two that, you hear me? Whoo, we starting off on fire today. I came with it. Y'all know, man, we just got back in from London. 
Yes, sir, all my people in the UK. Salute. We turned that up a notch. You know what I'm saying? We trapping in London. We trapping in the UK. Shout out to all my people. Shout out to the trappers over there. It was real. It was real. It was real. Copenhagen. It was real. Netherlands. It was real. Yeah. Yeah. I'm official now. I'm official now. We worldwide. We got a trap house in the UK. We got a trap house in Europe. We got a trap house by Buckingham Palace somewhere. <laughs> we got a trap house by Buckingham Palace somewhere. We left the pack over there. Stop playing with us. 36 O's in a triple beam. We left that over there. <laughs> Wall Street looks like us now. Stop playing. Again, welcome to Chapman Tuesdays, man. Y'all know we just come to have a little fun. Listen, man, the goal is to help us build legacy, man. The goal is to help make this game easy to play. So listen, man, y'all know each and every week, I started something the last couple weeks with uh, the certified Wall Street mantra. Like, and I've been getting a lot of good feedback off that, and we've been trying to put that in the chat. But now we're going to do we're going to put it on the screen. Hey, Dave, put that on the screen for the people, man. You know what I'm saying? Ooh, look how quick Dave's moving today. Ah, look how quick Dave's moving. Y'all, y'all see Dave moving? Let's give Dave a little. Let's give, let's, 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 let's. I think this is it right here. Nope. <laughs> That's the one. That's the one. All right, man, so we're going to start off this week, man. I want you to screenshot this. I want you to look at it, write it down, whatever it is. Right, this is the certified Wall Street mantra. So then we can say this when we see each other in the street, we can identify from it. Right? So if you're driving your car on the way to work and you say this, it empowers you. I want you to say it on your lunch break. So it empowers you to know why you at work, what you're working toward. I want you to say it at night when you're chilling, right after you say your prayers or right before you say your prayers, so you can be empowered, so you can speak it on a high level. Let's get this mantra going. I am a certified Wall Street trapper. I am confident in my ability to make great investments. The stock market is a machine that prints money, and I am more than capable of operating that machine. Not only will I free myself, but my family will eat for a lifetime based off the information I apply today. I'm a money maker and a wealth builder. Today I break all the chains that anchor me to that poverty mindset. Mm. My ancestors will smile now because I have turned my last name into an asset. My family's purchasing power will increase indefinitely. Today, I make the declaration that no longer will I be a slave to money. No longer will the generations behind me inherit lack. No longer will I submit to selling my time for money. I am a first generation millionaire. 
I am the architect of my family's legacy. I am a certified Wall Street trapper, and Wall Street looks like us now. Woo! Let's clap it up for that, man. Let's clap it up for that, man. Don't you just feel empowered when you hear that? Don't you just feel the energy? Like when you say something like, yo, I am a first-generation millionaire. I am the architect of my families. That's bold. That means you renegotiating the contract. If you're renegotiating the contract, I need you to write it in the text. I don't need you to say it if you're driving your car. Yo, I'm renegotiating the contract. Trap. Yes, sir. I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. So I'm going to do something this week, man, that's a little different. We see what the market been doing. We see what's going on. But I want you to ask yourself this question, and I want you to say this. Don't follow any advice, no matter how good it is, until you feel in your mind and in your spirit that it resonates with where you're going. That it's able for you to apply it. No matter how good it sounds, it may not be useful for where you are in that moment. Our most powerful tool when it comes to investing is understanding and patience. And once we take action, we forfeit our ability to be patient in that moment. When the facts around something is clear, I want you to look a little bit deeper because that's where you will find reason to move forward. Building wealth is critical to have details and data. And most miss those. Most miss those because they're under the pressure to get rich quick. And the goal is to ultimately build long-term wealth that lasts. We must have the tools. We must have a plan. We must be able to take action. And we must be able to pivot. Because everything in wealth isn't always streamlined. There's recessions, there's bull markets, there's sell-offs, there's, pan there's panics. And all of those different adversities require you to be able to pivot. It requires you to be able to take the information that you have, use it with the tools, the information, the tools, the ability to execute, and the vivid ability to pivot. Building wealth isn't a cookie-cutter approach. Yes, there are rules. Yes, there are tools. But when you be the architect, you got to be the head coach to make the in-game adjustments. 
No matter what Trap said, no matter what Ian said, no matter what this person said, no matter what that person said, everybody is doing what's necessary for them and their family. Yes, there's good information there, but you must be able to execute. You must be able to pivot. You must be able to call an audible. You must be able to be at the line, see what the defense is doing, and say, hey, audible, 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 Omaha, Omaha, Omaha. You got to be able to do that. If not, you always get intercepted. You always have a turnover. You always lose position. And if you can't hold position, instead of being on a path to prosperity, you'll stay on the path to poverty. Let's go, man. Woo! <laughs> it's your boy, the Wall Street Chapel. Welcome, 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 man. Listen, we're going to start this week off with word on the street, y'all. But I ain't going to dig too, too deep into this. There's a couple of things I want to talk about, a couple of things I want to explore. So we'll start off this word on the street with something that I think is truly important to us, something that I truly think we need to dig into. Right, let's talk about Facebook right quick. Right, so last week we saw big tech. We saw, Ant, we saw um, Alphabet, we saw Microsoft Report, and we saw those stocks sink. We saw them miss and have mixed earnings, we saw them sink. J.P. Morgan said Amazon is the best tech stock to be in right now. I'm not mad at that. I think they're banking heavy on AWS and the fact that Amazon is the largest e-commerce builder. We saw what Apple did. Apple cutting supply. They making adjustments. But Facebook is a peculiar company. It's actually now at the levels at which I purchased it at. But here's what happens. We saw the stock plummet 14% after week Q4, Q3 earnings, Q4 forecast. They missed earnings. They missed revenue. Now, here's what I think about Facebook. When it comes to having a balance sheet, there isn't a company that has a stronger balance sheet than them. They're in there with the big dogs. When it comes to having a product and service. Yep, Tim Cook has altered the way that this company makes money. Tim Cook is definitely playing chess. And when you think about Apple and Facebook, I've always talked about this. That chess game is a beautiful chess game that I love watching. Mark has had to adjust. But I think in some of his moments, he's, he's a little big-headed. He's the founder of an amazing business. His business changed the dynamics of how we do everything. But he's also the sole controller. So he owns the majority stake in the business. He sits on the board. He makes the final decisions. I think in this moment, I could be wrong. I've never ran a billion-dollar company before. But I can see when a man's pride is in the way. Yep, Tim Cook hit him with something. When Tim Cook came up with the iOS that you could press that button that says, I don't want this app to track me, 
and 100% was a left hook that he didn't see coming. Let's talk about it. Earnings per share, they missed. They missed. Revenue still came in, but it was adjusted. But here's the number I want you to look at. Daily active users. It's in line. 1.9, almost 2 billion. Monthly active users actually was up a little bit. But here's the thing. They're losing eyeballs, watch time to TikTok, which is okay because Instagram is still going, they still have more users than anybody. Now, here's the thing, though. He's betting $10 billion a year on the metaverse. Now, I'm not saying that that's not Remember, if you, I always say if you're bold enough to bet on the future, you're bold enough to make a lot of money. So I'm not mad at that, but I don't think he should spend $10 billion a year on building that out. The guy is brilliant. But you have to find a way, you have to find a way to add value now, Mark. You have to find a way to add value now because even though people are long-term investors and we believe that what you did, we've seen Reed Hastings with Netflix. We see him make adjustments in the moment. He ain't said, hey, we're going to do something in 10 years for Netflix. Mark, you have an amazing balance sheet with no debt on it. You have a huge stockpile of cash. The company is actually still making money. Not as much as we wanted to make, but you're still making money. But Mark, you have to do something now. You have to do, and here's the crazy part. The things that you need to do can be fixed. Stop trying to copy what everybody else doing. Make your platforms more engagement. You got WhatsApp, you got Facebook, you got Instagram, you got Messenger. Make these things more attractive, Mark. If not, bruh, it's a prolonged debt. Now, the dope part about it is because you don't have no debt, you could be around for a long time. Spending $10 million, billion on the metaverse, Mark, and telling us it ain't going to be ready to 2030? Charging us $1,500 now for these things, Mark. People don't want to walk around with them heavy-ass things on their head all day, Mark. You have to do something right now to make this business attractive again. So let's talk about the pros and cons. Does the company have a great balance sheet? Yes, it does. Stock is down 60% on the year, 70% on the year. Does you have a great balance sheet? Yes, you do. Zero debt. Yes, strong moat. Even though the, you have a strong moat, even though at the moment it's deteriorating. You have the biggest platform in the world when it comes to users. But it's deteriorating because you're losing it to Snap, to, because people are now converting to Snap, to Snap, to TikTok. You cannot keep marking mocking or replicating what other people are doing. At some point, you got to be innovative again, Mark. And I feel you. You saying the metaverse is my thing. AR, VR, cool. But Mark, listen to me. Apple doing the same thing now. 
Microsoft coming with you, partnering with Microsoft for Teams. People are doing this. You have to be the innovative genius that you are, bro. Because if not, and I'm a, I own the stock. This the thing. I own you. I own shares of Facebook. I own shares of Facebook. The crazy part is, bro, I've owned you since about 125. I'm back there. Got to do something. Like, you got to be willing to take your boldness and put it on the side and say, yo, let me bring somebody in. Because Tim is whooping your butt right now, bro. And you haven't adjusted. You haven't adjusted. And you're going to ruin something that's great. Let's go, man. <laughs> I ain't going to flush him down the toilet yet, but let's go, man. Now, I got something dope that I want to say right here. Costco is one of my favorite companies to own. The company is designed for these type of economic environments. It is designed for these type of economic environments. The way the company is built on the inside, the infrastructure, not a lot of shells, the, everything is in bulk. Listen, the membership are, is increasing. I think Costco's is a great company to own right now. But listen, check it out. BJ's is the first cousin. They do exactly the same thing. BJ's is at a cheaper price. They're smaller. They're not world-renowned like Costco's. BJ's specifically sit on the East Coast. But I do feel that's not a bad deal. Now, remember, we always don't say price, we say value. So when you're comparing the two, you're going to get a bigger market cap, you're going to get bigger reach. What I love about Costco's is every time we go through some type of economic crisis or something, Costco's going to hit us with that dividend, that special dividend. That, and during the pandemic, they hit us with $10 a share. Ha, here y'all go. Strong balance sheet, strong management. Costco's is a big dog. Ugh. BJ's is like the little Frenchie. BJ's is like the little Frenchie, but they strong. Think they plan to open up 11 more stores on the East Coast. Strong balance sheet, strong income statement, great management. They really follow almost the same business model. Smaller brand. I like BJ's if you don't want to get Costco's. Don't own both. Own one of the two. Let's go, man. I'm feeling, listen, we're going to do something a little different today. Now, check this out. As I sit back and I've watched what's going on right now. All right, I'm about to say something, y'all. They, they ain't going to feel me. For the last 11 years, we've watched technology carry the markets, push it beyond where it needed to go. We watched Tech 9 down 27%. Energy is up 61%. So all my travels, we rocking with XLE. Yeah, we made some money on that. We bought the XLE option, call option for 
2023. Uh, March 2023, it was a 75 call. We got it when the, when the XLE was around 70. We up, up. I had 75 shares. I sold 75 contracts. Once I got to 115%, I actually sold uh, 51 of those, no, 49 of those shares, got my return, got some, got my principal, got some profit. Now I'm letting 26 shares just run for me. That's all house money. I'm going to let that run for me. That's how we play the game. When we do lease, when we do options, we make our money back. Once we get our principal and a little bit of that profit, we put that in our pocket for later on, and we let that run. That's house money. That's how we play the game. Smart. You feel me? Play the game smart. Here's what I want to say. I personally feel during these moments, energy can carry your portfolio. And I don't think it's slowing down no time soon. I think the energy sector can carry your portfolio. The energy sector will keep you positive moving forward. 100%. And let me show you what I'm talking about. Let me show you what I'm talking about. So if we look, right, if we, if we look at the status of the S&P 500 compared to energy, we can look at XLE going crazy. We can look at OIH up 70% on a year. We can look at Schlumberg and Hess. These are the biggest two. Let them see that again. Let them see that again. Let them see that again. Right, Slumberg and Hess are positioned to be two of the biggest oil distributors. They are positioned. We're talking about companies that's up 70%. But Trap said this a while back. I said, yo, we should be in energy right now. If you're in Trappers Anonymous, you know we talked about this. If you're in Trap Masters, we talked about this. We said, yo, we talked about this three months ago. So I'm bringing it to you. I'm like, energy will carry you through this. If you want to see positivity in your account, energy will Now, here's what to do. At the when we get to the other side of this, then you got to, see, as I told you, what we got to be able to do is rotate. We got to be able to pivot. We got to be able to pivot. Like a basketball. You got to, <laughs> you got to be able to pivot in this game. You got to be willing to do that. So, I feel like right now, tech because tech is growth, tech is expansion. Right now, we're not in that phase. We're in the bottom half of the business cycle. We're in recession, trough. That's where we at. Remember, you hear peak the trough. We talked about the full business cycle. Peak the trough. We're in that recession trough phase. We're not in peak. Peak is where growth is at. If you look at it, Energy and oil stock, we weren't doing that good when the economy was running. ExxonMobil, Chevron, they wasn't doing too good 2018. 2019, they wasn't doing too good. The market was running. 
They were talking about clean energy. I remember working at the power plants. 2021, though, game started turning. Economy got overinflated. Things started shifting. 2022, year to date, XLE, Energy, Exxon, Chevron, Schlumberg, Hess. Let's go, man. Woo! We're going to do something a little different today, man. We're going to do something a little different today. So here's what I want you to look at. I like to think long-term as the catalyst to who I am. Here are 10 of the best-performing stocks in the 10-year time frame. Tesla, 11,000%. NVIDIA, Enphase Energy. Monolithic Power, Netflix, Broadcom, T-Mobile, AMD. These are 10-year holes right here. I want you to find something that you feel comfortable in and ask myself, can I hold this company for 10 years? Yes, Apple is a bellwether, but we talking about things that exceed it. This is how you get crazy returns. Think out. We so busy thinking about what's in front of us. We so busy thinking, what can I do right now? Listen, real wealth is built over time. These things have compounded their way. We talking buybacks. We talking about stock splits, all of that. I remember when AMD was $16. Lisa Sue came in. <laughs> T-Mobile. Netflix. I want us to think like that. When I can look back on something and say, yo, I've been in this thing for 10 years. Be hard pressed. You wonder, why I don't see Apple? Why don't, don't get me wrong, Apple did pretty good, but we talking 10 years. Apple went through a phase. Apple went through a phase. Microsoft went through a phase. Still got great returns. NVIDIA, Netflix, Tesla, monolithic power, Broadcom. What is to ask yourself when you make your next investment, do I see myself holding this for 10 years? Let's go, man. Yeah, we're going to do something a little different tonight. We're going to do something a little different tonight. So what I did realize is this, y'all. I realized that it's my job not to just, like, come on, like, give information, make myself sound like I'm the smartest person out. What I do realize is that there are people in this game that don't understand how the S&P is. Don't understand how the NASDAQ is. Don't understand how the Dow Jones is. They don't understand it. And so if I'm going to truly come in and give you game, I'm going to truly come in and break this game down for you. I got to help you understand how this machine works. Remember, in the beginning of the, the, the mantra, we said the stock market is a machine that print money, and I am capable of operating the machine. How are you going to operate the machine if you don't even read the directions? So here's a quick breakdown of the S&P 500. So the S&P 500 just broke down to 11 sectors. Inside of those sectors, you have industries. 
a sector can have multiple industries. Think about it. If you have finances, if you're in a financial sector, you can have insurance, you can have payment processing, you can have so many things. So let's talk about how it's broke down. So first, the technology sector is the biggest sector weight, meaning these market caps in technology are the biggest. Right? So you got your Apples, you got your Googles, you have your Microsofts. Service, are you, these are inside of the tech sector. Right? Then healthcare is next. So inside of healthcare, you got the Johnson & Johnsons. You got your Abbott Labs. That make up 13%. So technology makes up 29%. Healthcare makes up 13%. Then you got your consumer discretionary. You got your McDonald's, your Home Depot. Right, these make up 12.5%. Then you got your financials. You got Bank of America, J.P. Morgan Chase, MasterCard. Right, these make up now the financial sector. These make up 10%. So we're breaking down how the, how the S&P, these, these 500 companies, let's break them down so we can see. Now, what I want you to understand is this. If we understand that tech, watch this. This is good. This is good. This is good. If we understand that the tech sector makes up 29% of the S&P 500, if the tech sector is soaring, that means the S&P 500 has a good chance of being up because it's the dominant sector. If the tech sector is down, you're going to hear it say the tech sector is weighing down the S&P 500. So it's going to drag it. So if you got healthcare and tech doing good, then you know what? The S&P 500 doing what? It's up. Well, it has a good chance of being up because these are the two majority sectors. So if industrial is down, just think about it. If industrial is down, it, it, it equals 7.8%. You got 3M, John Deere, Caterpillar, Cummings. If this 7.8% is down, but technology and healthcare majority is up, how do you think the market is going to be? So now I need you to understand when you're looking at the market, you say, okay, boom. I see these companies up. I see these companies down. This is why the S&P. I want you to understand how the market is working right now. So then we got communications. That's your AT&Ts. How they moving? Then you got your consumer staples. That's your Coca-Cola, your Procter's and Gamble's, your Walmart. They make a 5.9%. Let's go real estate. We got your REITs. You got old realty. You got Simon Property. These make up 2.8%. Then you got Energy, making up 2.7%. Now check this out. Here's how I want you to know how dope this is. If you take the energy earnings away from the S&P 500, right now, they are the most impactful. Energy only makes up 2.7% of the S&P 500. But yet, the profits in the energy sector are so obnoxiously good. You take that away, the S&P is really doing worse than what it's going to be. It's doing worse than what it appears. ExxonMobil, Chevron, all of these companies are knocking it out the park. You take them out right now. That shows you how strong energy is right now because it only makes up 2%. But their earnings are so good right now because energy is so in demand. Whew. 
Then we got materials. And then we got utilities. You're talking about your southern companies, your energy. When I say energy, I'm talking about the company down in Louisiana. Make up 2.5. And this is how the 11 sectors are broken down. So now when you're looking at the market and you're like, okay, this is how the market looks. This is what's holding the market up. So now when you hear this is dragging the S&P, this is pushing the S&P, now you can understand why. God. Let's just roll some money up for that. Let's just roll some money up for that. Let's go, man. All right, so now let's dig into something else. Let's, like, I want to go deeper with you. So a lot of times what happens is we're looking for, there's always the battle between growth and value when you're looking at the market. It's always the battle between growth and value. So I want to show you something, right? When you're looking for growth, you want to see something that can grow at least 15% every year. That is superior growth. But I want you to look at three things right here. When you're looking for growth, I want, you to, I want you to ask these three questions. Is the demand for the industry or sector growing no matter what the economy is doing? Think about Amazon. Scalable growth. Remember when e-commerce first hit hard. Online shopping. Amazon started with books and then they just scaled out. It changed the way that we started shopping. It was in demand. Next, I want you to know, do the products and services that the company offer, do they advance the economy or the industry? Think about what the iPhone did in 2008. It advanced the economy. It advanced communications. It advanced the way we started paying for stuff with the touchscreen. It advanced society as a whole. So ask yourself that question. When looking for growth, does the products or service advance the economy or that industry? And last, I'm going to ask yourself this question. Is the company an innovator and is the barrier entry extremely high? Think about Tesla. It is extremely hard for companies to get in the EV market. We're seeing it. We're seeing companies crash and fail left and right trying to get into this market. Because of the battery, because of the price. That barrier of entry inside of the EV game is extremely high. And is that company an innovator? Are they creating something brand new? Are they, at the, are they the first person to create that? If you can ask yourself those three questions, you find yourself. And then the last thing I'll ask that is, if they are new and they are not profitable, can they give us a profitability date? Now, the two that I can say that did that was Amazon and Tesla. We didn't have to worry about that with Apple, but Amazon, Amazon and Tesla gave us profitability. It wasn't profitable in the beginning, but they gave us profitability dates. Go look at the Jeff Bezos letter to shareholders in 1997. He broke that down. He said, hey, we aren't profitable, but we are growing the company inside deeper. We're getting our books ready. We're seeing how we're um, managing books. We're seeing scalable growth. We see we brought in different markets. They were growing deeper. So ask yourself those four questions when you are seeking growth in a business. Golly, we trapping right now, man. Golly, we trapping right now. Let's go, man. I told y'all we're going to do something a little different tonight. So what I want to do right now is, man, I want to bring y'all inside of my toolbox. Right? This is the big trap 
recession toolbox. Yeah. We're going to do something a little different tonight. And the reason why I want to do this is because, again, we see what's going on in the market. And I'm going to be real with you. I just understand that these people just keep on pounding the payment on. It's going to get worse. 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 Listen, yep, we understand that there is bear market rattles, but I don't want you to panic. The only way that you don't panic is if you have what? We said in the beginning, the tools, the plan, and the tools. The ability to execute, take action, and pivot. So today, I want to take you on a journey. So now here's the tools. So the first thing I want you to look for is this, man. Companies with strong moats. If you're, have, if you're looking for dividend companies, you want them to have a 2% dividend yield or better. You want to see growing free cash flow. If they have a dividend yield, you would like to see the payout ratio at 50% or greater. What is the payout ratio? That means they're paying out the dividends. So that means they're saying 50% of the money that we get, we are paying it out to dividends. You don't want to see 80 and 90%. I'll give you a leeway up to 70%, but you don't want to see 80 and 90% unless it's a REIT because they're obligated to pay us 85 to 90% of the profit. So if it's a dividend company, you see that, you want to see that dividend growth of 7%. I mean, they can grow the dividend by 7% or more every year. You want that debt-to-equity ratio at two, meaning they got two times the equity than they do debt. I mean, they got two times the cash than they do debt, two to one. And then you want a simple, boring business. Yo, I really just gave you so much games just now. This is the Trab cheat sheet. You want to come in with a strong moat, meaning they got a strong competitive edge. You want to come in, if they are paying a dividend, you want that yield at 2% because inflation is normally 2% or better, right? Of course, it's at 8% right now, but normally it's at 2%. That's if you're dividend searching. You want that free cash flow to be growing. This is money after they pay everything off. This is the money that's sitting to the side. You want that to be consistently growing. If they do pay a dividend, you want the dividend at 50, their payout ratio at 50% or more. We don't want to be greedy one enough that they can keep paying it out. We want the dividend growth to be at 7% or more. Consistently. We can even add we want them to be paying a dividend at least 10 years of consistency of growing it or more. We want the debt to equity ratio to be 2 to 1. Means you got two times the cash than you got the debt. That is important. That shows us how strong they are financially. And then we want a simple business. For me, I like the simple, boring ones. That's so clutch. That cheat sheet right there is so clutch. But we're going to go a step further. If you are written if you want to get low-risk stocks, you want a stock with a low beta. So a beta, what it does is it measures how much the stock can change volatility-wise. So let's think about it. A company like Visa has a 0.9% beta. Like anything higher than a 1 means you can wake up in the morning, it can be down 5, 6, 7, 8% easy. 
anything under a beta means it's kind of harder. So Walmart, right, 0.53% beta. I mean, you're not going to wake up in the morning and Walmart down 15%. Johnson & Johnson, 0.61%. You're not going to wake up in the morning and Johnson & Johnson just down 50%. Old realty, don't even really be moving that much. But watch this. Google, 1.9%. Target, 1.2. We've got up some days and seen them down 8%, 10%. We saw Google down 6% just last week. So the beta of a stock tells you how much that stock can move volatility-wise. Oh, this is so much gain. This is so much. I told y'all we are going to do something a little different this week. I need to say we trapping. I need you to say we trapping. We're doing something a little different this week. Because I want you to be equipped. I want you to be able to navigate through this market like, yep. Trap told me. <laughs> right? So if you're looking for risk aversion, you want to look for stocks that have a low beta. The one or more tells you the, the, the likelihood of that can move, it can be volatile. And just think about it. If you don't believe me, go trust it. Go look it up. All right, let's go, man. <laughs> All right, man, so I want to do something different right here, too, because I want to talk about just the family dynamic. I want to talk about the family dynamic. Like, during these times... Of course, we know that these are times where you can truly focus on building your family's wealth. So one of the things I want to do is I want you to accept that your family is now a business. And this is just something I'm going through with my family. As we transition, y'all know we lost my great aunt Nita. And so this has been touching for me because our family is in a transition. So one, I want you to stop thinking about your family as just your peers. I want you to think your family as a well-run business. And so a well-run business must have a mission statement. A well-run business must have a mission statement. So when you go to a business, they'll show you this is our mission statement. I want you to create that mission statement for your family. What is a mission statement, Trap? The mission statement tells us, it expresses the purpose, the vision, the values, and the goals of the family enterprise. I want you to sit back and ask yourself this question. Just before you even go into this, does your family have vision, values, goals? Do your family have that right now? Does your family have vision, values, and goals? If not, how can we build wealth? How can we do it as a family if we don't have vision, values, and goals? Vision, where are we going? Values, what are we anchored to? Goals, what are we trying to accomplish? Whew. 
As your family is on this journey to build wealth, the mission statement will help you achieve long-term success. I need you to define the goals. I need you to define the values. I need you to define the vision. I need you to define what is the purpose. What are we doing? See, we came out with that mantra. One of the things in the mantra we said in the mantra was, my family will eat for a lifetime based on the decisions, the information that I apply today. How can we eat for a lifetime if we don't have vision, value, goals? So now let's dig into that. Like, I wrote these out, fam. Because, yes, we're going to invest in the stock market. Yes, we're going to make money. But what good is it if you're the one that make all the sacrifices, if you're the one that put it all on the line, if you're the one that making, you know, going with it, the pioneer, and then the person, the people that come behind you, they don't know what they're looking at. They don't got no blueprint. They don't got no SOPs. You the only person. Vanderbilt. There's a lot of Vanderbilts ain't talked about no more. So one of the things we got to do is we got to agree to having family meetings. I called my family. I said, yo, we got to start having a meeting, y'all. Like, we got to start having meetings once a month. Once a month, we need to have meetings. Each member of the family should produce a resume explaining what are their strengths. Like, we get into the core. We get into the meat. What is your strengths as a family? What is the strength? What do you do well? Let's talk about it. So we can orchestrate and put some structure in this. Trap is hard. Okay, we, it, ain't, it, ain't, it is hard. Because as we're doing something, we introducing something, we introducing structure. We're not just meeting together for Thanksgiving. We're not just meeting together for Christmas. We're not just meeting together for funerals. Yes, it is hard. Because you got to go out your way now. We talking structure. We talking order. We're talking about a family enterprise. We're talking about the Howard enterprise. We're talking about the Thomas enterprise. We're talking about the Johnson enterprise. We're talking about the Smith enterprise. Create a government within the family that needs policy. What are some of the restrictions? What are the policies? How do children get money? How do children get introduced? What are some of the things that are necessary that we do monthly, yearly, quarterly? What are some of the infractions? What are some of the disciplines? Let's create policy within the family. Trap, that's hard. Now you're trying to do something that we don't really want to do. You don't really want to build wealth then. Because families have this. Watch this. Success in the family should be measured in years. So we talking about family, we talking about lineage. So we ain't talking about making this happen in one year. Short term is 10 to 20 years. That's short term for a family. That's 10 to 20 years. That's short term. What do we accomplish? Midterm, 25 to 50 years. Long term, 50 to 100 years. We talking about generational here. I told you we gotta stop thinking like an individual entity and start thinking like an operation, like a corporation like an enterprise. Think about it, man. Sam Walton created, he dead and gone. Them people still in the Forbes list, five of them. He dead and gone, five of them. The Rockefellers, done. Think about the royal family. They were 
crazy. Children already worth $18 billion. I just read that the grandkids worth $18 billion already. The grandkids, this is the little one right here, running around. $18 billion. You could do it. The lady died at 90-something years old. Them children weren't even thought about. They wasn't thought about. They wasn't born yet, but they was thought about. They wasn't born yet, but they was already ready. She's like, hey, I saw y'all. Boom, y'all were 18 billion. I'm gone. I'm good. I did my job. I'm saying that you could do that too. The most important thing in the family structure is human capital, which is the individuals, because you need somebody to pass it on to. And then the intellectual property, understanding where the smarts, where the brilliance, what are we patenting, what are the ideas, right? Because even though you put an idea out today, it might not be good today. We might use it five years from now. We may have some things lined up. Let's put that down. But leadership is important. Who is leading the family? Who's the chief? Who's the lieutenant? Who's the secretary? Who's, the, who's leading the family? These are the most important aspects to the family's success. I know it seems far-fetched. I know you feel like we can't do it. I know you like trap. You thinking too far ahead. That's the problem. We can't think that far ahead. We're not willing to think that far ahead. We're not willing to think on true wealth. We're still stuck on the rich part. Let's dig a little deeper. I truly take this game serious. I truly know that this can change the dynamics of your family. But if you don't change your belief system, you'll never get there. Some people are going to feel like I'm talking crazy. Some people are going to say I'm talking just to talk. But I'm not. These are the things I'm putting forth for my family. I'm 40. God bless me to see 80. We'll be right in that midterm. I ain't looking for this to happen overnight because I know we got to unheal. We got to unanchor ourselves from a whole lot of trauma. We got to get people used to investing. We got to get people used to putting the money that they work hard for into something they might not going to see. It may take five years for us to get it right. It may take five years for us just to get it all. It may take five years for us to start building trust in one another financially. It may take five years for that to happen. But guess what? By year 10, we moving. Don't happen overnight, but it can last a lifetime. Let's go, man. We're going to do something different, man. Let's get into it, man. So now, man, we are welcome y'all to this section, man. This one is called Learning the Lingo. Learning the lingo, because if you don't understand what's going on in the market, if you don't understand the words that they're using, hawkish, dovish, bear market, bull market, revenue, sales, capital, if you don't understand the game, you ain't going to even play it. 
This week, learning lingo, our word for this week is gross income. This includes the wages, the dividends, the capital gains, the business income, retirement distribution, as well as other income. Basically, all the money that the business made. That's it. Gross income, basically all the money that the business made. From investments, from everything. All the, business, all the money that the business made is the gross income. It's before taxes, it's before all that it took out of it. This is for depreciation. This is for all that. This is all the money that came in through the business. We're talking business revenue, which is wages. We're talking dividends. We're talking capital gains from investments. We're talking business income. We're talking about all that. It's gross income. That's going to be on your top line. <laughs> Let's go, man. Before we go any further, man, let me take y'all to a break right quick. Roll that beautiful bean footage, man. What's good, what's good, what's good? It's your boy, The Wall Street Trapper, and I want to tell you about this beautiful community I created, Trappers Anonymous. It's full of like-minded people who are dedicated to changing the dynamics of their family, turning their last name to an asset, and taking good seeds and putting in good soil. So listen, man, if you want to build wealth, if you're dedicated to the journey, come join the family of Trappers Anonymous. Big Trap, Wall Street looks like us now! Wall Street looks like us now. 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 Let's go, let's go, let's go. Listen, man, Trappers Anonymous is an amazing community, man. It's full of the trappers, man. Full of like-minded people that's dedicated to the journey, to the process of building wealth, one shot at a time. Increasing your investment financial fortitude, being around people who get it. This is one of the things that hinder us so much. We on a journey to build wealth, but we by ourselves. We by ourselves. We don't got nobody to share ideas with. We don't got nobody to communicate with. We don't got nobody to say, yo, I did that. Yo, this is why I messed up at. You by yourself and the people, you in a group chat, so we talked about that earlier. They don't want no part of that. Yo, let's go to this webinar. They don't want no part. Let's go to this conference. They don't want to go. But let's go party. They won't go. Let's go on vacation. They, they won't go. Travis Anonymous is opposite of that. Yep, we want to party, yep, we want vacation, but we want to invest. We want to build wealth. So come join the Trappers, man. As usual, welcome home. All right, man, so listen, man, we're going to get into my Certified Trapper of the Week. Whoo, yo, we've been on fire with this one. I ain't going to lie. I be like, yo, we're going to run out of people, but we never run out of people, yo, because we done did some great things in this world. And I be showing love to the queens. Because we got to have some queens that done did some amazing stuff for us, man. So this week's certified trapper is none other than Annie Malone. Now, the amazing part about Annie Malone is she's actually a product of another certified trapper that we mentioned. I want you to go back and see. Right? So, Annie Malone, man, she is considered to be one of the first African-American women to become millionaires in the world. She developed a large and prominent commercial and educational enterprise. That's right. Teaching. 
centered around cosmetics for African-American women. Here's the thing that I realized, yo. Like, Madam C.J. Walker, Annie, and a few other, like, that hair business was booming, just like right now. That hair business booming. That hair business, that beauty industry, shout to my girl Super, shout to my girl B. Uh, Marie, shout out to my girl Judy, home team. They in that beauty industry and they killing it. That's right. Check them queens out. B. Marie, Coda, Coda Cosmetics, uh, Super with the crayon case, and Judy with the miracle drops, kaleidoscope. Check them queens out, man. They going crazy. Home team. I love them, man. Right? But check it out. She named the product Wonderful Hair Grower in 1902. By 1920, she became a multi-millionaire. In 1942, she paid over 40K in tax. You got to think, that's a lot of money then. In 1927, her husband, he got greedy. You know, he making bread, so he filed for a divorce to try to take half of her business. But this real woman empowerment right here, she has support by the amazing Mary McLeod Bethune. And instead of him taking half of her business, they negotiated a settlement for $200,000. You want to read more about this queen, man? She is featured in a 2019 documentary called No Lie, L-I-L-E-Y-L-Y-E. And it's based on American beauty in America. And it focuses on some black queens. So definitely check that out. Shout out to the queen, man, Annie Malone, man. We love you, queen. We love you, queen. All right, man, so this is the segment of breaking down a brick. You already know, man, I like to just find companies. And I like to break these companies down so we can understand what they own, what they operated. Because one of the things you want to do is you don't want to buy a business and you just don't understand everything that that business owns. Right, so breaking down a brick is my way of showing us some dope companies. So this week's breaking down a brick is, drum roll please, J.M. Smucker, that's right, peanut butter and jelly. You feel me? <laughs> right? The company has $1.2 billion in free cash flow. Not bad. Not bad at all. They also acquired Sarah Lee, which gave them a powerful impact to the business, right, of being able to take another iconic brand and collaborate with them. Right, they are the go-to brand for beverages, shortening, peanut butter, fruit sprays, and top. And we talking about it forges in your cup. I remember when I was in New Orleans, man. I worked at um, NASA. I worked at NASA, and the Folgers was right across the way. You smell it. You smell that coffee. Smell that coffee. Smell that coffee. You hear me? Uh, but it, Dunkin', um, Smuckers, Peanut Butter, Crisco, Pillsbury. Hoo-hoo. Hoo-hoo. Right? You know what I'm saying? Kibbles and bits and bits and bits. Milk bone. Yeah, they all over the place. From pet to, from pet ingredients to peanut butter. Then they got the other things, the Incrustables. I used to love to eat them. Crisco, Santa Cruz. This is, this, is a, this is a brand name right here. 
So shout out to JM Smucker, man. It's definitely a brand that actually did pretty good during the pandemic. I know you got some of that jiffy inside of your box. You got some of that jiffy inside of the medicine cabinet. Not the medicine. I'm just, the medicine cabinet. You got some of that jiffy inside the cabinet. You know where the rice at, the peanut butter, the ketchup. What else you got in that? The Crisco. You got the rice packs. Yep, you got the pickles. Yeah, you got that inside the. Right the. So, man, listen, 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 listen. Right now, man, this is my favorite segment of fall the well track. And we're going to talk about my guy Jeezy, you hear me? But I know most of y'all think we're going to talk about the new album he dropped. Everybody like, drop the street crash, street crash. Nah, I went a little back. I went, a, I went back a little bit. Shout out to Jeezy, man. Y'all know, you know, I, I, I like the music. It's some of the, it's what, it, it's what helped me so far on my journey. So I'm going to dig deep into this one, right? It's from the song Black Dollar. Let's break that down for a second. Violated a young ninja probation for a piss test. Mama whisper in my ear, we going to beat this. Let's stop right there. How many people we know in prison right now? Violating a piss test for marijuana and not even about to legalize it. My question is, do you let those people out of prison? Do you take back those life sentences? What about the people that already died in jail behind it? Do you recompensate their family? How does that go? Let's go even further. Let's dig a little deeper. What about the people who were on drugs, crack, heroin, that you gave life sentences to? When we treated that like a, like a crime instead of as a problem. I ain't talking about the drug dealer. I'm talking about the person who was using the drug. I'm talking about the victim. I'm talking about the user, the junkie. I'm talking about the person that was on it. We treating that like a harsh crime. We, I know people in prison for three strikes are out for being crackheads, heroin addicts. We treating that like a crime. Yo, that's an issue. But check it out. War ready, black power, financial freedom, black dollar. So I mean, he's like, he's saying, yo, we ready. Let's get it together. Let's get it together. Let's, let's get our power back. Let's get the financial freedom. Let's understand the power of the black dollar. Slave labor, no love, back to business, pay what you owe us. Prison system is slave labor, no love. Let's get back to business. Let's go back to the black dollar. Let's understand how powerful that dollar is if we invest it. I like the chorus so smooth, though. All this Fendi and Gucci is goofy. LV canceled. Now you tell them to sue me. Rolex AP ain't shit. Y'all follow. Need that. Need us. Almighty black dollar. I'm going to just keep it real, y'all. We talked about Fendi. 
We talked about Gucci. We talked about them on other episodes, on what companies own them. We walk around with them labels on. I'm going to keep it real. The reason why you see me always walk around with the Wall Street looks like us now is because this represents me. These labels get all these people to wear their labels all the time. And I'm not saying you can't get fly, but they got all the people that influence the culture wearing they label, and then we go spend all that money, and Bernard Arnaud becomes the richest, Arnaud becomes the richest man during the pandemic while people struggle. I'm going to keep beating that horse. AP, Rolex, ain't shit. Shout out to Chris Johnson. The homie dropped 17 watches. That's the name of his company. The black dollar is powerful. The poverty dollar is powerful. The working man and woman dollar is powerful. But until we learn to circulate that dollar the right way, until we learn how to use that dollar to become investors instead of consumers, hell, we're closing the wealth gap. Just increasing your family's purchasing power. Until we get that, we're going to take building world off the table. Shout out to Jesus, man. Black dollar, well track, man. So right now, man, I really want to get into what I like to call, you know, our wise words in the OG. And I want to take the glasses off for a second. Because this one is in my heart. Poverty threatens our survival. We're talking about poverty equaling lack of financial literacy, insufficient funds, lack of opportunity. If we don't increase our financial fortitude, poverty will eat away at us one generation at a time. The fear of financial loss deprives us of the potential to create prosperity. The fear of financial loss. The fear of saying, yo, I want to invest in this business. I want to make this investment. The fear of that loss robs us and deprives us of the potential of creating prosperity. Because we're scared to take an L. We don't work so hard for this money. We don't trade it 5, 10, 15, 40, 50, 60, 80 hours a week for this money. I don't got time to lose this. Fear of financial loss deprives us of the opportunity and the potential to create prosperity. So we become workaholics. Trading every, every piece of time for a dollar. Working two and three jobs. Working 14, 16, 15 hours a day. Coming home tired. We become estranged from our family. We become estranged from love, we become estranged from that family dynamic. 
And we justify that. I'm doing what's necessary for my family. We justify that. But will you go to your grave known as a hardworking man? Will you go to your grave known as a hardworking woman? When we think about us as kids and we grow up, how many of us can say this? My mom was never home because she worked two and three jobs. That's a, that's a familiar thread. My daddy was never home because he worked two and three jobs. My brother and my sister, we raised ourselves because mama worked so much. Estranged from the family dynamic. But doing what we just know how to do, workaholics. Self-defeating behaviors, limited beliefs, and financial toxicity is what anchors to poverty. It anchors us. Not having the ability to believe. We see the wealth. We see the people building businesses. But the limited beliefs keeps us from thinking that we can do it. That's why I wanted to do something different this week. Something touched me in Paris. Something touched me in the UK. It made me realize that no matter where you are in this world, if you don't have financial literacy, no matter where you are in this world, there is always going to be a hierarchy and there's always going to be the rest of us. And for those who admire the people who are in stardom, for those who admire the people who are building wealth, we admire those people, but for some reason we don't feel like we can do it. If we sit back and we think, man, we watched the Kardashians build their wealth. We watched Kevin Hart build his wealth. We watched The Rock go from Rocky Maivia on WWE to Dwayne Johnson, one of the highest paid people in the world, actors in the world. We watched Will Smith go from Fresh Brinson Bel-Air to getting paid 20 million a movie. We watched Denzel Washington go from glory to being who he is now. We watched these people. They didn't do it overnight. They ain't do it overnight. So why do we think we have to? The money is infinite. The opportunities never stop. We've watched people build success year in and year out. You may look at it and say they had opportunity but they worked at it. Same thing you got to do with investing. You got to work at it. Losses come with the game, but they got to turn into lessons. Tragedy comes with the game, but they got to turn into triumph. Until we're able to do that, We will never get the outcome 
that we desire. We would never walk in the prosperity that is built for us. We would divorce ourselves from our birthright. And I promise you, when it comes to wealth, it doesn't care what color you are. All it cares about is can you execute? All it cares about is can you reinvest? All it cares about is can you pass it down? It's your boy, the Wall Street Trapper. Thank you for coming to another episode of Trapper Tuesdays. Listen to me a favor. Every Thursday, the audio drops on all streaming platforms. Make sure you download. Make sure you leave a review. Make sure you share it. After this episode, I want you to get in the comments. When we drop it, check it out. Like and subscribe. It's your boy, The Wall Street Trapper. I love y'all. I appreciate y'all. I'll see y'all next week.